You are listening to the Forcecom Frontline, bringing you to our soldiers on the front lines of readiness. Hey everyone, welcome to the Forcecom Frontline. I'm Ashley and I'm your host. In our last episode, we talked about mental readiness and holistic health and fitness. And this week, we are going to explore spiritual readiness, what that means and why it's important for our soldiers. And today we are joined by the Forcecom Chaplain, Brigadier General Thomas Bailing. Did I get that right? Uh, close. Yep. If oh. you're a good German, it's bailing, uh, bailing, bailing. I go. I okay. Go so yeah. <laughs> that made it's, me a long, think of, it's a long story. So I that made me think of something. Um, but you're here today to help us dive into spiritual readiness. I have to come back to that whole thing though. The, where I grew up, there was a feeling, feelings pumpkin farm and that's where we went every year. And so oh, when okay. I initially saw this, I was like, Oh, anyways. So <laughs> Back on topic. So thank you for being here and taking the time to, to talk with us today about this. Ah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So before we get into spiritual readiness, I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit about yourself, um, a little bit of history of your time in service and and how you became a chaplain, because I understand you've you've been a chaplain for most of the time that you have been in uniform. Um, quite a bit of time, yes. I've uh, total, I think I have about 37 and a half years uh in the Army. Uh, I was commissioned through ROTC as an armor officer. Okay. University of Wisconsin Whitewater. Okay. Uh, served uh, about six and a half years uh, as a cavalry officer in Fort Knox and then in folded Germany. Got to experience the wall come down and the wow. border open and all that uh, uh, that fun stuff. Wow. And lived history. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. It was an exciting time there. Um, that was also obviously when the Gulf War was going on, um, right after the Gulf War ended. I left active duty, uh, moved to Minnesota to go to seminary, and uh, eventually joined uh, the Minnesota Guard, where I served for 18 years. In the interim, I was in the inactive reserves for two and a half. Okay. Um, after serving in Minnesota for 18 years, uh, moved to the New Hampshire Army National Guard, where I was the senior Army chaplain before um, being selected to be the senior army national guard chaplain. Wow. So, so why so, did you become a chaplain? Because I felt called to, okay. Um, when I was on active duty, uh, I had several experiences, uh, that, uh, I just felt moving me, uh, to go into ministry to serve soldiers and their families and, um, believe that I could be more effective in that capacity than as an armor sure. officer. So, is that something that you had ever contemplated before? Nope. Wow. <laughs> it was it was not on my radar screen, just like uh, some other things we will talk about today was not on my radar screen. But that is so uh, interesting. I'm very grateful, and obviously, um, I've been blessed uh, beyond anything I anything I imagined. So it's, yeah, uh, it's been wonderful. So you mentioned the National Guard, mm -hmm. and so you are so you're active right now in your current position. Correct, mm -hmm. um, but full-time National Guard, technically. Correct. Get my language right. <laughs> uh, it's actually a little confusing. I'm I'm technically on an extended TDY tour here, but I'm serving okay. in Title 10 active duty orders. So, okay. yes. Yeah. So every day you are a National Guard soldier. So National Guard is not full-time typically for you. For me, that's correct, yes. And so what yeah. are you doing when you're not in uniform every day? I am... Uh, well, I'm currently a, uh, a VA chaplain. I, um, I've done actually quite a few things in ministry since I got into ministry. Uh, I served uh, as an associate pastor on staff at a larger church for a period of time. 
I uh, spent some time as a uh, assisted living chaplain, and then I uh, served uh, with the military. Uh, um, did several tours overseas, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, and then came back and um, did a tour as the uh, lia- National Guard liaison to the chaplain school at Fort Jackson oh, wow. for a year. Okay. So, um, so did a Title Ten tour there, active duty tour, uh, which I really enjoyed. Uh, then when I left there, I went to uh, back to Minnesota and did a year-long residency with the St. Cloud VA Hospital, and that's how I ended up getting in the VA. I uh, was first hired as a staff chaplain at Martinsburg, West Virginia, where I was for about four years, and now I've been in Pennsylvania at Coatesville uh, since 2017, serving as the uh, chaplaincy program manager for the, the VA there in Coatesville. So I have to assume, you know, working with the VA that – that means a little bit more to you, you know, when you go in the active duty, be National Guard, all of that. Well, I'm really um, grateful that I had that opportunity because I, I enjoy serving soldiers and their families. And um, this gives, gives me a chance to continue serving veterans. Sure. So uh, being in the military community and, um, you know, being able to relate with folks and help folks through uh, the challenges, um, and certainly can appreciate where they're coming from, having had many of those experiences myself. Sure. So uh, I'm, to me, I'm doubly blessed because I get to <laughs> not only serve soldiers and their families, but veterans as well. Absolutely. So, so did you ever think being at Force Com was in the realm of possibilities? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> as I said, just like uh, yeah, going into ministry, it was not on my radar screen at all. Yeah. But uh, I am certainly grateful for the opportunity. Uh, certainly an, an honor and privilege to uh, be asked to serve uh, the U.S. Army's largest command. So let's talk about what you're doing here at ForceCom. So we know physical and mental health mm-hmm. of all of our soldiers is super important, and it's key to their success when it comes to fighting and winning on the battlefield. Um, but can you t- explain to us what spiritual readiness is and how that spiritual spiritual readiness is equally as key to the success of our soldiers? Okay, absolutely. Uh, I would like to start off with with a, uh, a couple quotes uh, that um, actually George C. Marshall shared back during oh. World War II that uh, I think are very relevant, and um, I certainly appreciate uh, the efforts of the Army, um, as we'll talk about in a little bit, including spiritual readiness in the new Whole Health and Fitness um, program and the FM7-22 um, Holistic Health and Fitness uh, Field Manual. So... Uh, George C. Marshall, uh, one of the quotes he said, he said, the soldier's heart, the soldier's spirit, the soldier's soul are everything. Unless the soldier's soul sustains him, he cannot be relied on and will fail himself and his commander and his country in the end. Wow. And then uh, George, uh, General Marshall also said, military power wins battles, but spiritual power wins wars. Wow. And uh, I find those uh, very encouraging to me because I, I believe, and even as we look at, um, you know, FM 722, which I think does a very good job of laying out what spiritual readiness is about, um, you know, it talks about that real, really spiritual readiness is those uh, personal qualities that we develop in ourselves to help us through times of stress um, hardship and tragedies, you know, when the difficulties of life come along, what do we rely upon to get us through? And yeah. um, 
you know, in helping soldiers uh, find that in themselves. Uh, and, you know, it comes from a variety of places. A lot of people associate uh, spirituality with religion, right? Um, which is not necessarily the case. Um, I mean, religion is certainly a part of spirituality, um, but we can develop spiritual uh, strength, spiritual qualities uh, from a variety of places that can be religious, um, philosophical, um, sometimes even our own human values, our, our worldview um, will help form the basis of uh, on how we deal with life, you know, how we view the world around us and how we interact with others and, um, you know, whatever we, however we find ourselves connected to the universe, to the world, to society, um, you know, to strengthen those types of things so that when soldiers go through difficulties, they can rely on those, um, those values that they develop uh, from that um, so they can be stronger and more resilient. I think you brought up a really good point that this isn't just about religion. Mm -hmm. like, I think a lot of times when, when we hear spiritual Ever in it and and the chaplain in the same sentence right. as we're talking about religion, um, but that that doesn't have to be the case. That's correct. Yes. Somebody, another chaplain once told me is, he said, you know, I'm here to meet you where you are, mm -hmm. um, and so wherever, wherever that might be, um, I'm here to I'm here to go where you need me to go with you, basically. Oh. And uh, yeah, that's very true. In fact, uh, when I went through my VA training, that's like one of the foundational things, meet people where they're at. Yeah. And that is so very true. Um, and, you know, as we talk about spirituality, too, it's um, I think we could describe it. And like I said, uh, FM 722, I think, does a really good job of kind of laying out what spirituality is. Uh, talks about, um, you know, what in our lives or what connections do we have that give us meaning and purpose in life, you know, what keeps us going each day? Yeah. What um, are we focused on? Um, and I think the important thing is, and I think, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned that talking about meeting people where they're at is that it's unique to each person. Right. You know, we all develop our own value systems, our um, connections, our uh, whatever it is um, to help us get through life, to develop our core beliefs, identity, values. Um, those types of things. Um, and that's really what we're looking at is how we can help soldiers and their families uh, think about those things so that when they do come to difficulties, you know, it's already built into their character so they can have the resiliency um, to overcome whatever challenge they may face in life. This kind of reminds me, we had um, Dr. Craig Bryan on the podcast a while back, and he's written a book about, it's called Rethinking Suicide. Oh. And he talks about... Um, not necessarily looking at all the typical thing, typical things we look at when we look at suicide, but ha making somebody realize the value of their life, and mm -hmm. that th that that they do have value. But everything you're saying kind of fits right into that. And and I think that's yeah, even in some ways even more important because as we've seen, you know, with suicides, I mean, some people come out of very um, stable situations, you know, a loving family. They seem to have everything going for them, and yet there's something inside of them um, that's not that's not right. That's yeah. not clicking. Um, you know, they don't think about the impact of what they're about to do right. on this loving family and community that's there to support them. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I think you're you're absolutely right in that. Um, we just talked to a soldier last week who, uh, two episodes now, I guess, um, talked about losing two close friends to suicide. And he was like, I didn't know some of these things that he was going through until after he was gone. Yeah. Um, but he's like, this, this guy was so important to me. And he was the guy that I could go and do all of these things to. And he's like, just what if, what if I would have said something else? But he, he's like, I can't focus on those things. You know, I, it, it was a really great conversation, but we were talking about the mental readiness aspect of H2F. Mm-hmm. Um, and so can you talk about how the spiritual readiness kind of fits into all of that and where, where it kind of falls? It all works together, I, I guess. It does. Yep. I mean, you know, um, you know, as human beings, we're, we're very complex and, you know, <laughs> you know, mind, body, spirit, uh, you know, even as you look at uh, whole health and fitness, it, it even goes into nutrition and right. sleep, uh, all those kind of things that are important um, to being a well-rounded person. Right. And I mean, I look at spiritual fitness as really the core of who we are, um, you know, what defines our values, um, you know, mental health, touches on some of those things, but I think um, spiritual readiness really gets to, you know, who we are as human beings and how we connect to, you know, the people around us and the universe and and whatever else, um, the divine um, in in many cases. So Sorry, I was just going to ask you. So, you know, you think about nutrition. That's something that you can practice. You think Mm -hmm. about physical training. That's something we do every day and we practice. How do you practice spiritual readiness and spiritual fitness? I am glad you brought that (laughs) up. Um, I think that's that's one of the things uh, that we try to do is help, um, you know, people find those things that they can do. In fact, there's, uh, you know, there's been many studies that have, uh, been conducted uh, that show uh, people that embrace spiritual disciplines, uh, particularly those that are engaged in um, regular religious practices in particular, uh, have a much, um, uh, have a more significant, um, I should say, have, have significant mental and physical benefits. Uh, there's been studies that uh, once they suggested that um, people that regularly have some type of religious practice are 80% less likely to commit suicide. Wow. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty significant. Um, uh, Dr. Lisa Miller uh, has written a book called The Spiritual Child, and she talks about a lot of these things. There's been a lot of research done. Um, she suggests that each of us has a spiritual core, and you know, how do we develop that core, just like how do we develop um, you know, a child, when they grow up, uh, their character, how do right. we get them to walk? How do we uh, do those things that it's just important, just as important to help them understand, um, you know, that the spiritual part of their being, how they connect uh, with the, the rest of the world. Uh, Dr. Harold Koenig, who uh, is a professor at Duke University, has done um, or still does extensive research on uh, his is a little more focused on um, spirituality and religion in relationship to health and health outcomes. Um, and study after study after study shows people that are regularly engaged in religious practices um, have much better, uh, much less depression, um, have much 
quicker recovery from surgery and other types of things, um, that they typically have much better health outcomes. Um, just as Dr. Miller talks about with um, kind of the opposite is having uh, regular religious practices helps to reduce a lot of the harmful behaviors that we're seeing. So what do you say to the, the person who's listening is like, I'm not going to go to church or I'm not going to do this or that? Well, and that's um, one of the things that we try to do is, is when we engage with soldiers is find out those things. You know, what is their worldview? What, um, what are their values? What are those things that are important to them um, that they can uh, practice regularly to, to reconnect? If okay. you want to say, I mean, some people go out into nature. They'll go for a right. nature walk, uh, and it's important for them just to be they, they feel connected again right. when they get out into nature, you know, when they get away from all the busyness of life, the the urban jungle, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> and maybe it's just it's, a mindfulness exercise, you know, taking a few minutes and, exactly. yep. you know, just concentrating on one thing. And Yeah. I mean, some people it's yoga. Um, yeah. You know, just those things that help us kind of disconnect to refocus ourselves and, um, I guess, re-energize our connection yeah. to our meaning and purpose in life. And uh, yeah. and sometimes it's just taking time to reflect, you know, do some self-reflection as well. Yeah. So. And so are the is it the unit ministry team that is kind of embedded with the H2F? How, how does that setup work? Um, there are some that they do engage uh, because we do a lot of work with mental health. Okay. Um, in fact... Uh, the chief of chaplain's office uh, over the last couple of years has uh, begun this spiritual readiness initiative. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. I've heard about it Okay, a while back, though. Yep. <laughs> and it kind of talks about all these things that, that I've just been sharing. Um, a lot of it is based on uh, Dr. Miller's book, um, but helping have conversations between um, unit ministry team members, commanders, and soldiers, how can we engage in conversations about spirituality? Right. Not necessarily religion, but, you know, doing things like um, assessments. You know, when a soldier comes in a unit, just kind of finding out where they're at. What are their values? What do What's important to them? You know, how do they find meaning and purpose yeah. in life? And then trying to connect them with resources that can help them to uh, further that. To, you know, whether it's a yoga class, whether it's getting involved in a faith community, um, whatever that might be, to help encourage them to practice some of those disciplines so they can be more resilient yeah. um, in the end. And the thing I really like about it is, is that, um, in fact, I think most of our installations now have had the uh, spiritual readiness initiative. In fact, they continue to. And it's not just for the active component. It's also reserve and um, oh, okay. guard uh, ministry teams that um, that we bring in or that are invited to come and uh, join in the conversation um, so that we can find ways to, to help, uh, again, soldiers and their families develop um, those disciplines so they can become more resilient. Yeah. You know, you, you said, talking about your purpose, and, you know, we, t we talk a lot about asking hard questions and that's not typically the question I think about when we're talking about that, but that's a hard question to answer. You know, what, what is your purpose? What do you want to, just thinking it to myself, I'm like, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> and it is. And, uh, but I think that's why some people have a, you know, a challenge in life because they don't have something 
that they're, you know, that focus that they can focus on. You yeah. know, for some, it's their family. Yeah. Hey, my family is my purpose in life. You know, whatever role I play in my family, great. You know, helping them to identify ways that they can uh, express that. Yeah. And I shouldn't say practice that, but, um, you know, that they, they can engage in what they see as their um, purpose in life. Because, you know, really it's about providing hope for people. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's really important what you just said. It doesn't have to be something big. Mm-hmm. Your family is big enough. It does Absolutely. not have to be some huge take on the world purpose. Your family is is just as good of a purpose as anything else. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's important. Um, so you talked about the unit ministry teams in embedded in with the H2F. Um, and so one of the things that I always try to bring up when I'm talking to chaplains is confidential counseling. Yes. Um, and so it's 100% confidential. It is. And that is one of the things that uh, is unique about the chaplaincy is that we are, at least on a unit staff, we're the only ones that offer confidential counseling. And so what can I talk to you about? Anything. 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 Is there a point where if I, is there something that I could say that would trigger you having to tell somebody something? Would it be if I was going to hurt somebody? We have 100% confidentiality. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, I think, super important. And then it is. I come to you and I'm really struggling with X, Y, and Z. I, I'm having suicidal ideations, whatever it is you're not going to go tell my commander that I came to you and I told you these things. That's correct. I think that's super important to reiterate. Yep. All right. I think that's what makes chaplains unique is that we have, is that we have that that, uh, sacred privilege of being able to, um, you know, walk with people wherever they are, meet them where they're at um, and uh, offer a a safe space that they can unload um, whatever, whatever they're dealing with and try to help them walk through that. And so to go a little bit further with that, it's suicide prevention month and we're talking Mm -hmm. about confidential counseling. If I, if I come to you and I'm struggling with suicidal ideations, how can a chaplain help me? Well, first we can listen. Uh, I mean, that's, we're all trained to be listeners, but we also have working relationships uh, with behavioral health. And obviously one of our goals would be to get, to get you uh, to a place, to a safe place where you can get, whatever sure. whatever help you need. Sure. I mean, obviously, if it's a spiritual need, we can certainly address that. But typically, it's complex. And so um, it requires us uh, working with behavioral health, um, with the behavioral health team as well to provide a well-rounded uh, program. So you get the help you need. Awesome. Could somebody, I think another chaplain once told me is, you know, we're here to, to lay out the resources for you. So we, we can help you figure out where it is that you need to go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So what would you say to somebody, um, a soldier who, who's struggling, not really sure what to do, has never spoken to a chaplain before, um, has never gone to church or anything like that. And they, they're just trying to figure out what to do. And what would you say to them about coming to the chaplain? Well, I mean, the chaplain is a listening ear. Um, so it doesn't matter what the issue is, where you're at, you know, if you have any religion or not, right. um, we even though we are religious leaders, um, that's uh, not we're not here to shove religion down people's throats. We're here to be yeah. a listening ear, uh, almost like a um, a triage nurse. You know, trying I to like fi- that. trying to find out you know what what the real issue is. Um, 
Yeah. Um, again, being a safe space so folks can share, um, so they can share their story, and so we can kind of hopefully get a good sense of where they're at, what's causing um, whatever issue that they're facing, so we can obviously get them to the right resources, to an appropriate resource yeah. uh, to meet whatever needs they may have. I like that. Now, can a soldier come multiple times? Like, can, can I just come and talk with you as many times as I want? Like, how's that work? You, you can. You can. <laughs> um, you can, yes. Okay. Yes. Because um, I know, you know, some of the resources, the military family life counselors, you know, which is probably a great resource for chaplains to send soldiers to. It is. Um, and from what I understand, if you go and you're having some marriage issues, you can get 10 free sessions for that issue. But then if you go and you're having, you know, some depression issues, then you get 10 free sessions for that as well. Um, so I always like to plug the military family life counselor. Cause I think, um, it's probably a resource that not everybody knows about, um, knows how, how much they can offer. And the nice thing about the chaplaincy too, is, is that we actually have family life chaplains, uh, oh. on many of our installations. And so they do a lot of that work and, um, they're licensed counselors. Yeah. They, they actually have degrees in uh, marriage and family therapy, so they can um, provide that. And, yeah, we don't have uh, um, visit limits or anything like that. So <laughs> you can come as often as you need. Because maybe so. somebody becomes really comfortable with, you know, a chaplain yep. that they're talking with, nope. and that's what's helping them. Um, I think I, and I'd love to see those types of relationships, yeah. you know, that they're comfortable enough with their chaplain that Absolutely. Uh, when they have issues. Yeah. yeah. So we are running out of time, but I do want to ask you real quick. Um, one of the resources that the Army has is Strong Bonds mm -hmm. for families. Can you touch on Strong Bonds a little bit and what it is and how how, how it's, it's designed to help? It is. Uh, yes. Strong Bonds is a uh, basically it's a relationship enhancing program. Uh, there's a variety of curricula that uh, can be used, but it's to help people um, strengthen their relationships Um Strong Bonds originally was designed for couples uh, to help, um, in many cases, just how we can communicate more effectively with each other, because that's what we typically find is, is the major issue is just being able to communicate about uh, a variety of yeah. topics and so helping people um, improve their communication skills. Yeah, um, which I think can be through. very important when a soldier comes home from deployment and has been gone for nine months Huge. and you're doing your thing over here and they've been gone and the kit. Yeah, we just went through it. So yep. I, can, I can testify that to my, myself. <laughs> Reintegration so, yes. is hard. I've said that a couple of times now. That's right. <laughs> um, so lastly, you are you have a unique background. Um, so while you're here at Forcecom, what are some of mm. your goals? What do you hope to accomplish? Uh well, there's, uh, I guess, three things I would like to accomplish. Uh, the first, obviously, is, uh, you know, we have a new commanding general, and he's, I think he's got about 30 more days before he, he yes. completes his 90-day assessment, and then he'll lay out his priorities yeah. and, um, you know, uh, in his guidance. And so, obviously, my number one um, goal is to support him, to support whatever his priorities are. Uh, I know one of the things that he has already talked about is um, is the total force, how we engage and interact with all three components. Right. And um, that's actually one of the reasons I'm here, being a guard person, is to help facilitate that, how to better um, engage with our uh, National Guard and reserve components. Um, because obviously at the end, our goal is to make sure we have 
ready forces to fight in winter nations wars. So how can we best do that for all, for active guard and reserves? And obviously coming with a guard background, plus a little bit of active duty time back in the day. (laughs) um, You know, I kind of bring a a unique uh, um, understanding and skill set. Absolutely. but that's one of the primary reasons is to help facilitate um, integration amongst the three components. Um, so that's kind of number two. And number three is that uh, is to help, uh, really it goes back to the spiritual readiness initiative, is how can we operationalize it? How can we implement it uh, down at the lowest levels to uh, you know, get our unit ministry teams um, fully engaged in um, you know, doing spiritual assessments, having conversations with soldiers and families about, you know, meaning and purpose and yeah. those types of things. And also to help inform commanders because, you know, commanders can have those kind of conversations as well. Yeah. You know, there's, I think sometimes there's this concern about, um, you know, we can't talk about spiritual and religious things. Well, it's, it's not really true. Yeah. Um, we can have conversations with soldiers about where they are spiritually, just asking those questions so that we we can, be, we can build a, uh, a more resilient force, yeah. really, is the bottom line. Absolutely. So. And, you know, you're talking about um, meaningful, meaning, meaningfulness. I don't know if that's the right word. I don't know if that's what you said. But um, feelings and emotions, I feel like in my last podcast episode, we talked about this. Um, and when you start talking about spirituality, I feel like you get in a little bit more of like the emotional side. Um, and nobody ever wants to talk about their emotions or and if they're happy, sad, having a bad day, or (laughs) I keep, this keeps coming up in in my conversations. Um, and I just feel like we need to be open enough to have these conversations and talk about how we're feeling so that we can, we can do what we need to do and make ourselves better, you know, be, be more resilient. Maybe that's the, that's the word. Um, that's why we have chaplains. That's what we're here for to help to to be a safe space. So people can share their emotions, frustrate, whatever else they're dealing with. Um, to to be that opportunity because obviously there's certain certain places and spaces that it's not appropriate to sure, do that as sure. we know um, and so that's why uh, I think the chaplaincy is a great place because chaplains are there confidential and they can I can um, come in and be mad you can you can be <laughs> I mad can be frustrated I can you be can, sad I can, can be cry all the your things. eyeballs out you, whatever you yeah. need yes I think that's yep. that's awesome. Yep. And a, a great thing for our soldiers and mm-hmm. and family members even to yes. know. So yep, absolutely. So is there anything that we haven't covered that you wanna wanna talk about real quick? No, again, I just appreciate the opportunity. Um, I'm I'm really excited about uh, going forward and how you know working with all three components yeah. uh, to be um, ready and be able to fight our winning nation win our nation's wars, but also uh, to help our uh, soldiers and their families become more resilient to help them um, develop meaning and purpose yeah. in life. So um, when the hard times come, they can they can come through better on the right. other end. Absolutely. Now, how long have you been here? Not very long, right? I have been here 1st of May. Okay. my official start date, so, we, so about four months. Okay, so we've got you here a little while longer, so I'm sure I'll see you in the hall since you're just down the, That's right. down yes, the road absolutely. from us. Um, but I appreciate you taking time. I know you are super busy, so That's I appreciate right. you thank finding you. the time to do this. Um, this is a good conversation. Um, and, yeah, thank you, for, thank you for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's it for this episode, and we'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. In the meantime, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can watch full video episodes on YouTube. Just search for The Force Comfort Line. 
and we'll see you next time on The Frontline. Thank <laughs> you.